HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following episode of A Taste of the Past has been brought to you by TechServe and the Lower East Side Ecology Center's 8th Annual After the Holidays E-Waste Event. The Ecology Center and TechServe are rolling out its 8th Annual After the Holidays E-Waste Event with 10 events planned in January to help you responsibly dispose of all your unwanted or broken gadgets. Help them meet their goal of collecting 100 tons this January by spreading the word to your friends and neighbors. For more information on these events, visit www.techserve.com. Hello, and welcome to A Taste of the Past. I'm Linda Palaccio, your host here on Heritage Radio Network. And A Taste of the Past, as always, we take you on a journey through culinary history. And today, we're taking you on a journey to Malaysia. I have with me as my guest, Sushila Raghavan. And Sushila is a Malaysian who has just written a beautiful book called Flavors of Malaysia, A Journey Through Time, Tastes, and traditions. Welcome, Sushila. I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you, Linda, and I'm happy to be here, too. It's a beautiful book, and I've learned so much already, even though I was somewhat familiar with, with some Malaysian tastes, but I was, so, I was really interested to read about something that was still very strange to me. Who are Malaysians, and what is Malaysia? I always, it's this kind of group of islands down there, and I'm never quite sure who the original Malaysians are or what formed the the country state of Malaysia. And I'm hoping today that you will not only enlighten us to the flavors of Malaysia, but the origins of those flavors and where they came from and who the people are. And hmm, reading the beginning of your book, I know you'll be able to do that because the whole first the whole first section of the book is wonderfully illustrated and researched it just it's a wonderful read on the history of Malaysia. Thank you, Linda. So yes. who so really who are who 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 is Malaysian? Who are the Malaysians? The Malaysians are the main three groups, the Malays, Chinese and the Indians. Then you have the other groups, uh, which are the intermingling of these different uh, groups, the Nonyas, the Christangs, the Chidis and the Eurasians. Uh, these are so all these people make up Malaysia, and Malaysian food, of course, um, 
traces when you trace back to the early history it's the uh, you know with the indian traders and the indian muslim traders and the chinese merchants traders all through conquest they came to malaysia and uh, they also th- uh, the spread of religion is an, another factor that brought these people to Malaysia. Well, a, a little qualifying note, too, which I, I forgot to, to read a more in-depth um, introduction of you. I, I mentioned at the top of the show that you are Malaysian. And how long have you been in America? Well, I've been here, goodness, over... Um, well, over how old were you when you moved? <laughs> we don't, we don't well, I've been here, long, I, I think... <laughs> yes, no, I've been here nearly 29 years, wow, 30 okay. years, yes. And, and Sushila um, holds a Master's of Science in Food Sciences, and um, you did your studies in England for that, right? Yes, yes, I did my Master's in Food Science and Nutrition in England, and then I came over to the U.S. and started my Ph.D. in Food Science and Nutrition. But I kind of halfway through I left it well you were yeah. at uh, you were in the great department at NYU the department of nutrition yes. food studies health and, and public health and um, I mean you've I know that you've lectured quite a bit on food and, and food sciences and particularly flavors and spice blends and started your own company in fact yes. uh-huh. called uh, it's called, uh, the company taste is of Ma- taste uh, of Malacca there taste of Malacca Asian spice blends and these are you can get these at Whole Foods yes you can get them at Whole Foods um, in the city as well as in Westchester mm-hmm. and Connecticut and uh, also on my website, tasteofmalacca.com. Yes, great. <laughs> so I that I just wanted to backtrack and and state that because you don't just come to this as oh a Malaysian. I think I'll write a cookbook. I mean, you have been your life has been in the study of food and food science. Yes. So yes. this you know this is really a, a qualified research project here. Yes, yes. So you were and you were saying that because it well and the taste of Malacca. I mean Malaysia being the crossroads of the spice roots. You were talking about the cultural influences and the religions. So I'll let you go from there. (laughs) Yes, actually, first, um, as I said, the Indian traders came over, and uh, then you had the Arabs coming, uh, all trading in spices, uh, you know, nutmeg, clove, pepper. And what happened is, um, you know, then the Portuguese came, and they wanted to monopolize the spice trade. Mm The, because Malacca was the center of the spice trade then between the East and the West. So they wanted to come and monopolize, and they came, and they conquered, and they started ruling um, Malaysia. I mean, uh, Malaya then was called Malaya. Malaya, yeah. Yes, and uh, they started ruling for about 130 years. What was that, in like uh, in the 15... 15- uh, yeah, in the 15th century, a uh, 14-something. Well, there. you know, I think it, was, it might have been a Portuguese. There is um, a... In spice history and um, in history, there is a saying that whoever owns Malacca owns the world. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, that, that was their currency. Spices oh, yeah. were their currency. Right? Oh, yeah, spices, uh, you know, silk, but mainly spices, right. yes. And then the Dutch came. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dutch were actually in uh, Jakarta, which is Batavia at that point. And they uh, came and they took over from the Portuguese. So they ruled for another 150 years or so. And then the British came. Uh, with the East India Company, and they took over Malacca. So Malacca was the center of the whole early history in Malaysia, really. And from there, all the different uh, uh, people who came there spread to other parts of Malaysia. And then you have the, uh, I know, many diff- the, the northern Thailand. The northern Thailand, the kingdom of Ayodhya, was ruling parts of Malaysia, 
So they had a lot of Thai influence in parts of Malaysia, uh, northern Malaysia. And then you see the, uh, as I mentioned, the early Indian rule in Malaysia uh, was very prominent because if you remember the history, the Sri Vijaya Kingdom, which was centered in Sumatra, and they were actually uh, also uh, ruling Malaysia at that point. So there's a lot of Indian influence also early. And then with the Portuguese and the Dutch, and then the Chinese came uh, again during the uh, 15th century. You know, mm-hmm. the traders came from China. And uh, you have the Arabs. You have uh, then the neighboring Indonesian islands, you know, like uh, Java and uh, Sulawesi, all Sumatra. So all these people also came into Malaysia. And then, you know, so the Malays, uh, who are a, a major group in Malaysia, form at least 53% of the population, they actually, their ancestry came from, you know, from the earlier Indian Muslims and the Hindus and, 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 and the Muslims, as well as the Chinese from southern China, as well as the if you trace back even earlier on, the Aborigines, the Orang Aslis, right. who came actually from uh, three different areas, all from southern China, or from the Andaman Islands, or from uh, Burma. So they became also part of the Malay population, some of them, you know, the Muslims. So you, the Malays have all these ancestry, plus from Middle East, from Pakistan, from around in Indonesia, the different groups, and they kind of intermarried and created the current Malay population. You know? So the, the, the major waves of immigration, as you describe them, are really southern China, China, Indian, and then the neighboring and, and neighboring, the neighboring countries, islands, especially yeah. Indonesia. And also then the Indians and the Chinese, of course, you know, they came from China, um, especially, you know, uh, earlier years as traders and, and also immigrants and and, you know, during the monsoon times, you know, you, you couldn't go back to the country. So they stayed there just mm-hmm. like the Indians and they married locally, local Malay women. And then that came rise to the Nonyas, the Nonya Baba group. Right. And similarly, also the Indian traders and immigrants, the, the earlier Indian traders came in and, you know, the, with the monsoon seasons, they couldn't go back. And so they also uh, stayed and they married locally and the whole uh, uh, arising of the Indian Muslim mother Mamak community came about. Mamar? Mamak. Mamak. Mamak means maternal uncle, you know. Oh. And they are the, the one, they are the greatest entrepreneurs, food entrepreneurs and hawkers, you see, that they make wonderful and a lot of their cuisine, like the roti chanai, the mee goreng, have really. The, the most popular cuisine, as I see it, and I love them, you know. I think that's so, why and people identify that immediately. Oh, with, yeah, you know, yeah, with the, with yes, yes. And uh, then, of course, um, later on, due to the British time, the British, of course, uh, you know, they wanted to build roads and there was thick jungles and they wanted to build uh, train tracks and things. And they wanted to develop the agriculture. So they brought in the uh, the labor from India and China. You know, they also needed uh, clerical and administrative staff mm-hmm. they brought from India because they could speak English. Like the southern India, a lot of them spoke English, so they brought them also for that. So so this was the later migration in the 18th century, uh, 19th and, you know, 1900s, uh, 20th century. You know, so, so it really brought. was a long history of, of immigration yes, and, and, yes. F- and formation. Yeah, then all this kind of married and intermingled and where they started, they went to the north, south, east, west, and then, 
you know, created cuisines uh, that's a wonderful mix of all these cultures uh, that you you won't find in China or India or, or, or the Middle East or even in Portugal. Hmm. You know, that kind of taken from each other some of the uh, the flavors as well as they've taken whatever ingredients in Malaysia has to offer and created truly something unique. Well, now that it's amazing that that, that you can even say that after going down that <laughs> list of of influences, um, cultural and and national and religious influences that that there could be a, a cuisine that you would consider unique to Malaysia. This Malaysian cuisine. If there were one way or one, uh, a flavor that you, or uh, I don't know, a spice blend to you that defines Malaysian cuisine, what is that? How would you define Malaysian cuisine? A taste, let's say. Um, it, 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 it's a number of things, you know. I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard to really define because you have all these different cultures, uh, you know, giving rise to something called Malaysia cuisine. So the soul of that is the embodiment of all these different cultures and their cooking and their traditions. And it's also Malaysian food is not just what we eat. You know, it's uh, tied in with our everyday lives. You know, it's like, uh, you know, uh, what we sit at, uh, how we sit at the table and connect with our daily uh, families, as well as with our friends at school with the vendors who come to our homes and mm. what we eat from them. So it's really hard for me to say, except that I, I can say that spices are the basis of our cuisine. And whether it's the dry spices that was introduced by the Indians or the wet spices like the, the galangal, the roots mm. and the rhizomes or the lemongrass. And of course, our famous balachan, which yes. I think uh, you, you won't find anywhere else. And it's uh, balachan being, balachan being, it's a fermented <laughs> shrimp paste. And actually it's not shrimp. We say it's tiny shrimps, but it's really krill. You know, ah, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's called garagao in Malaysia, but it's a krill, which are the crustaceans, shrimp-like crustaceans, you know. So this may be the something unique, you know, but a lot of it is And it's a smell you don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But after the smell, it's like durian. After the smell, it's you... The, you need it, it to make the just, flavor. Yeah. yeah, it just enhances. I mean, it's like the fish sauce that the Thais use, right. you know. Right. Uh, once you get over it, it's totally enhancing and... Uh, so, I mean, it, it, so ingredient-wise, it's uh, a lot of these ingredients. Chinese foods have soy sauce, um, but then they have chilies different from their motherland. You know, mm-hmm. they bring these noodles from uh, China, and they have transformed these noodles into the most amazing dishes that you never find anywhere in the world. You know, whether it's curry noodles, whether it's a blachan-based noodles, uh, uh, shrimp-based noodles, you know, or, or it is uh, laksas that the nonyas have created, which yeah. is, as you know, the nonyas, the Chinese traders married the local Malay women. So what it is about the nonyas is, even though they observe the traditional Chinese ancestral celebrations, but the the because of the Malay, they married the Malay women, you find the incorporation of the cooking of the Malays into the Chinese. And that's a wonderful, uh, wonderful cuisine. combination. Yeah. So they've created wonderful noodle dishes too. And I tell you something, that's what I write in my book. Uh, my favorite are the noodle dishes. And every time I go to Malaysia, I'll discover something new. 
You could go to Saba, you could go to Sarawak, and I find something, a new noodle dish. You can go to right north to Perlis and find another noodle dish. So it's just forever. There's no ending to these noodle well, dishes. Well, you have some wonder, <laughs> you have some wonderful recipes and just, very yes. enticing photographs in the book. I just, I glance through those photographs and I get hungry just looking at them. <laughs> so, but it's interesting because the, that, the combination of spices um, and flavors in those dishes, it is, I'm going to say it's it's addicting, but oh, yeah. I you know I don't crave many foods or flavors often. I mean I, I like uh, I don't I think I've met a food I don't like, but <laughs> I like everything. But I truly crave those flavors occasionally. I can't say that I could eat it every single day. Yes, n- not you know it, it's a because for me it's not a, a you know my normal food, but it's a flavor I really do crave. I it just it's something about it that it's hard to put your finger on it because <laughs> it's so. It's so textured and many layered yes. with all the different herbs and, and also the, the interesting thing, Linda, is also uh, the condiments. Mm. You've never seen the variety of condiments that we have in Malaysia. Well, now that you mentioned sitting down, the cultural aspect, sitting down to table. One thing I thought it was interesting to, to tell our listeners, many of them may know Malaysian food or Nonya cuisine and, and be familiar with Nazi lemak or oh, one yes. of the Nazi dishes. <laughs> Nazi meaning... Nasi's rice, and rice, of course, is a centerpiece of our meal. So it really and is also a, a, a word for meal, right? Yes, it's also a word because it's, fun, it's interesting because when you greet each other in Malaysia and you say, instead of saying, how do you do, how are you, you say, uh, sudamakan, and sudamakan nasi, that means, have you eaten rice? Yeah, it's interesting. Chinese, so and the Chinese greeting. say the, and the yes, Chinese yes, say the same, don't they? Yeah. Same thing. And it's and without rice it's not a complete meal for uh, us. So uh-huh. and nasi lemak is of course is one of our favorite uh, rice pieces. Well you describe sitting down um to a meal with friends or family and and um, well, describe the table for us. Well, it's a big table. The table seems, a dining table is very important in a Malaysian family. Mm-hmm. And we have a lazy Susan. A lazy Susan. Yeah. And then we have all the dishes on the lazy, a big lazy Susan. And we just rotate it among the, you know, all the members and scoop out the food and uh, eat. I mean, depending on what the food is like, you know, whether it's rice-based, whether it's noodle-based. Um, but there are no set courses. Everything is pretty much brought out yes, at one yes, time. Yes, right? everything. It's not like in America. Yeah, you have to. And in America, they also separate the dishes. They put rice and then they separate the, the salads or the salads come first. But in Malaysia, uh, you put everything together and you mix them together to get that wonderful textures and taste. Uh, you never separate, you, you know, you don't separate your chicken or your or your rice or your, or your you know, your vegetables. You mix them together, you blend them together and you eat them. And, and that's what creates a, a wonderful feeling at the meal table when you're eating these foods. That's you know, it's wonderful. different yeah. textures. Well, we have to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk more specifically about some of these recipes. <laughs> Hi, we are back with our guest, Sushila Raghavan, um, who has written a wonderful book on Malaysian flavors and the origin of those flavors. And uh, Sushila, we were talking about all the different influences and the wonderful 
the wonderful flavors and dishes. What we haven't really talked about too much are some of the mm, the lesser influenced groups. Well, they're not lesser. I can't say lesser. Minority groups, but also the Portuguese and the Chitis. You, yes. you want some yeah, specific yeah. dishes you would like to talk about? Well, there? yeah, the, 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 the groups are very influential in our in our. Uh, flavors also the the mamaks as i mentioned who are the indian muslims who came from india mm-hmm. traders and they married uh local malay women uh they still speak uh tamil but they dress in malay attire and they cook a blend of indian and malay cooking now with the with the christangs the christang means christian actually they are the portuguese who settled, um, you know, who came to Malaysia, who actually conquered Malaysia, as you know, and lived there. And they married the Malay women and also a little bit of the Nonyas. And their cuisine is very interesting because they've transformed all their soups and stews and things with uh, the local flavorings. The local, they use a lot of chilies and belachan in their cooking. So it's very interesting, hot and spicy, mm. unlike you see in Portugal. You know? And then you have the uh, chili groups, which is a very small group in Malacca. They, and you see some of them have gone to Singapore. They Who are, are the very, chitis? Who are, what, the chitis are very interesting because they are Indian. Again, from southern India, these traders came and they married local uh, Malay women. So they don't speak Indian, but they speak Malay. They dress Malay, but they celebrate all the Indian festivals. Hmm. So it's very, this, you know, it's a very interesting group. So their cuisine has taken on the Indian and the Malay flavors, and it's truly amazing uh, community uh, mm-hmm. in Malacca. And uh, then, of course, uh, I think I mentioned everything. The nonyas I've talked I about. I think as far yes. as groups and influences. Now you mentioned hot and spicy, and I do, <laughs> I do often relate hot and spicy with Malaysian cuisine. Is it? But it's not all hot. And not spicy. all. No, no, no. I think it all depends. That's what these people have this perception. Like you said, you mm-hmm. know, it's hot and spicy. It's not. A lot of the dishes are not hot. And they are not. But the curries, a lot of the curries are not. They're, they're not, not hot. They're very they're not hot, meaty yeah. and saucy and. Yes, and again, it, depending on your individual taste, you can add more chilies. As I've said in my book, uh, you know, uh, if you want more chilies, you can add. You want little ch- less chilies, you can add, and um, so it's, you know, Chinese cooking is really not hot. And remember also uh, in Malaysia, like. For Chinese noodles and all that, they have these spicy condiments. So at the table, you can add that heat to your food mm-hmm. if you want using these condiments. So everything is personalized. It right? is personalized, yeah, yes. Nice. Most of the, the, the spicy foods are really the Malay cooking. Mm-hmm. That is spicy. Well, there are some very important um, elements of, of Malaysian life that is tied into food. And you talk in the book all the time about snacking and how the Malaysians love to snack and <laughs> yes. I was getting hungry because I wasn't snacking and, and you go around and it's, didn't you just finish a meal now you're going and buying snacks from a vendor <laughs> yes. but the vendors are a very important part of Malaysian food life are they not? Yes oh gosh the vendors we call them hawkers, hawkers. Yeah. and they are our chefs really I remember growing up uh, Saturdays we wait for the vendors. That's a break for mom, you know, especially <laughs> before lunch. Uh, we, were, we all get hungry. So the Chinese vendor will come and sell us his uh, soup noodles. And then comes along on a, on a Sunday morning, the nasi lemak vendor. 
you know, he'll be carrying like a pole across his shoulders with two bags hanging. And then he would open his delicacy, Nasi Lamak, and we would all go in and have it for our late breakfast. Mm. And then, of course, we would also go to our vendors like we had um, food stalls like you have in malls here. And we had it in open air. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, food stalls. And we would go there with the family and have a nice meal together. Oh, actually, uh, my father's favorite was these coffee shops. Coffee Kadai, they're called. Yeah. And these were very, in, uh, these were our restaurants growing up because. But you call them actually, coffee shops. <laughs> we're coffee shops because really the people would go there and have coffee with a snacks or soups, and then they also have meals. And these are actually the downstairs of shop houses in Malaysia. Mm. And they have very simple tables and chairs. And that we were, I remember being excited to go in because these were our restaurants, mm. a break from, uh, you know, uh, home cooking. And uh, we would have nasi goreng, fried rice or fried noodles. As soups, as simple dishes, you know, and and my father, of course, would go with his friends and have his uh, breakfast sometimes of toasted sandwiches with the local jam, kaya, a, co- a coconut jam, coconut that? egg mm. jam, kaya, yes, and then his coffee, thick black coffee, you know. So these were these were really, I mean, it was only later on that we started getting restaurants, the regular restaurants, just for food. But the coffee shops were our, our daily life hmm. growing up, especially in small towns. Well, the uh, then the hawkers and the food stalls, they um, are open throughout the day. I mean, oh, and, yeah. and the night market, you have night, the night markets as well? We there? have night markets. A lot of, we, we grew up, uh, I remember night markets in every town has it. Uh, outside in a rural setting. And the night markets not only have foods, but also they have all kinds of knickknacks for the house, you like know, bazaar, CDs like or you. clothes, <laughs> and like a bazaar. So it was fun, you know, going there and eating fresh food out of the walk. I mean, noodles or, or, or rendang. Or, I mean, this would just, and also they would sell fresh produce, vegetables, even chicken and, and uh, uh, meats and so on. So this is part of our, uh, life growing up uh, and also uh, they still exist today uh, for the rural areas and wet markets of course I mean this is another part of our life we did not have supermarkets Mm. growing up so uh, now you do of course but growing up my father would just go every week and buy produce for the house and chicken and his favorite area and you called them wet markets we call them wet markets because they would hose it down with water at the end of the day and clean it yeah so they were always fresh like you have these uh, markets here, you mm-hmm. know, like Union Square has right. this market. Yeah, so Many of our green markets are farmers yeah, markets. Yeah, right. but these had also the chicken and the meat and the fish. And as a child, it was difficult for me to go through them, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gutted fish and so on. Right. But my father's favorite places. But of course, the vendors, are, you would find them everywhere. You find them near offices, uh, next to hotels, uh, alleyways, all over. They're everywhere and all... These vendors, uh, a mama person will be selling uh, a snack of uh, banana fritters or maybe as a snack during office three to four, you're going to eat them. Or maybe uh, lunchtime, a Chinese vendor would be making chakwitya, which is a rice noodle dish. Or a uh, another person would be selling um, 
an Indian with some peeled fruit. So there's always vendors were all part of our life. And these are, they'll have their mobile uh, carts mm-hmm. in front, in anywhere you can, any space they can find, you know. Uh, but they're kind of disappearing now, actually. Well, it's funny I because I think they're, they must all be coming to America. <laughs> Because we're yes. see, we are seeing such an influx of yes. of mobile food carts or food trucks or you know the um, I the, think they'll do very the well. Yeah, yes, and <laughs> the vendor trucks. I mean, selling everything imaginable from tacos to Malaysian food, exactly. and you know, hot, yes. you know, it's not long, no longer just hot dogs on the street, but you can get such a variety of foods in New York City, in particular. But I know other cities as well. Yes, so maybe yes. we're adopting, uh, you know, finally, you know, what I grew the up with, right? <laughs> you know, the Malaysian flavors, yes. right? That's wonderful. Um, well. And street food being, it's, I mean, it's a great equalizer in society as yes, well because yes. everyone goes to a street vendor in Malaysia, correct? I mean, you, from everyone all, goes. all different walks of life. It could be the highest CEO or, you know, down to a person, a clerk or anybody working in a store goes to a street vendor. It's it's no class or status associated with mm-hmm. that, you know. It's just, and, and I think the thing, it is also prepared fresh. Everything is just prepared fresh then given to you. You know, you're either standing up and eating next door or they have little rickety stools or tables you sit down and eat. So, I mean, it's such an experience. And I think that's one thing any visitor to Malaysia should try to experience. I think it's interesting because America has gotten or became so hung up on health standards and, you know, (laughs) having to to pass the Board of Health Um, directives on on cleanliness and how food was kept. But if it is out there and cooked fresh and served fresh and it doesn't stay around very long because people are all there buying it, that doesn't seem to be a problem. No, it isn't a problem. And also these days the government has also very strict uh, control over these. They have designated certain food stalls, uh, you know, certain areas and uh, there's very strict sanitary uh, codes Mm -hmm. You know, imposed on them. But again, you're right. If it's just cooked fresh and you eat it, it uh, really shouldn't be an issue, you know? <laughs> well, over your lifetime of having lived there and then going back to visit family and, and just, you know, to make a visit, how have you seen the food change over the years? Or um, have you indeed seen the food change over the years? I mean, I, I have seen changes. I mean, we do not get the door to door vendors anymore. Mm. You don't see that. And also, we do see more uh, fancier restaurants, uh, upscale. Uh, and I mean, but they do still serve similar food. But then you also get the fast food chains, you know, Taco Bell and Pizza mm-hmm. and Pizza Hut and all that, McDonald's. We, we, took, uh, we took the food stalls and you got, <laughs> and you got our yes, big chains. but right? I think some of them also still try to retain the Malaysian flavor. For example, McDonald's chili sauces, they take the Malaysian flavor, try to incorporate into their to their uh, ingredients because I think Malaysians are still fussy about their mm. foods. They still want to eat the food the way it is. But, them. you know, you have the Mediterranean cuisine, you have the American cuisine, you have all these now. and But many still go to these mama cafes. They call it, you call it pubbing here, going to pubs. They call it mama king, going to mama cafes and eating that local food and enjoying that. Students, office workers, uh, anyone. So, the, but the flavors, by and large, you, the flavors are still there, the original the flavors. The flavors are still there, yes. Uh, they may have been tweaked here and there for health reasons, perhaps using less oil or not so much heat or trying to incorporate quicker ways of preparing it, mm-hmm. which is what I do in my book. I've simplified the recipes. I've 
maintain the authenticity, but yet trying to make it easy to prepare and quick and also a little healthier. Well, now, do you, uh, and that's, and that's, we haven't had a chance yet to talk about specific recipes, but they are all, I mean, you've really adapted them for the American kitchen beautifully, I have to say that, because that's always, that's always a difficult thing to do with a lot of (laughs) it. Um, And I have to say, too, I mean, in, you talk about all the different influences, yeah, and you did confess to loving the noodle dishes, which, you know, the Chinese brought over with them. Is there... Do you give? You think you give pretty fair play to all the different um, styles of cuisine, or is there a favorite? You have an absolute favorite that you lean towards more. See, what I have done is when I go, to, when I've been to restaurants here, they uh, generally cook only the Chinese, Malaysian, hmm. or the uh, a little bit of the Malay they'll take, but they haven't really represented Malaysian cuisine. That's one of the reasons I wanted to buy the, uh, do this book, write this book, because I wanted to really represent every cuisine in there from Malaysia, you know, all the flavors. So it was, uh, that's, to me, I think that's what Malaysian cuisine is. But again, the curry section, you see all different curries, not just, uh, you know, a Nonya curry, a Kristan curry, or a Malay curry. So all this I've incorporated. And also, I take you also on a tour of regional cooking of Malaysia, Mm -hmm. where a curry could be different from in Kuala Lumpur may be different in the north, in Kelantan, with the Malay influence and the Thai influence. So I try to incorporate all these differences or talk about it in my book. And I think for me, as I said, um, my favorite section was writing the noodles, even though it was not an easy chapter to write, trying to simplify the recipes. The curries also are very interesting. The condiments are interesting. Uh, and so I, it's hard for me to pinpoint. I think the dessert was for me the most difficult to write. I'm not really a dessert person, <laughs> but you know. And Malaysia is really one good thing is they're trying to take the flavors of Malaysia and adapting it with more of a, a, a European and a, a different flair in a lot of the hotels and restaurants. And I think they have some nice... Uh, I had to cut down a lot of the sugar and so on because mm-hmm. people love it. They have a sweet tooth. We have a sweet tooth. So, I mean... Um, and then I also given you a festival chapter where foods are different festivals are celebrated with and our festivals are like open houses we call them ruma tarbuka it's not like here you have to specially invite people there whoever comes in drops in and we have to have the food there in our food to serve them so it's a beautiful way of celebrating your foods with the other cultures and they celebrating theirs with our culture so it's a wonderful way of growing up uh, yes it's wonderful and your personal background your heritage in malaysia is well my heritage is uh my 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 father came as a little boy from India, from Kerala. Mm -hmm. My mom was born in Malaysia. uh, So it's of Indian extract. But then my brothers have married Chinese and other races. And so we have kind of grew up with all these. So it's a true uh, Malaysian family. True Malaysian family, (laughs) yes. Well, you have done a beautiful job in this book, really taking us on a journey through time and tastes and traditions in Malaysia. And when... If someone picks up the book and looks through it and reads it, as I did, you really do understand and get the flavors of Malaysia. And the book is called Flavors of Malaysia with Sushila Raghavan. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful talk with you. Thank you, Linda. I Thank you for having me here. Great. And again, thank you for listening. I'm Linda Palaccio, and you've been listening to A Taste of the Past.